This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, God of War Ragnarok reaches a milestone. Star Wars fans will have to wait just a little bit longer for Jedi Survivor. Sony spares no expense at their latest PS5 marketing campaign. I also check out the Deadpool DLC for Marvel Midnight Suns. And in our final stage, I review Sports Story for the Nintendo Switch. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Life Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Everybody and welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We got a lot of things to talk about, but in our final stage, we will be talking about the follow-up to Golf Story, the award-nominated and somewhat uh, winner of a few awards um, in 2017, I believe, and we'll talk about the follow-up. Uh, I know there's a, quite a few reviews about it. I want to see if it matches up with mine. So, I'll I'll just say this, um, it may. So we'll talk about that in our final stage, but for now, we definitely got a lot of news to talk about. So let's get underway. Congratulations to Santa Monaco Studios, to, you know, PS5 Studios, if you will, and um, PlayStation in general. God of War Ragnarok sells over 11 million units. I mean, that's incredible. And this goes to show, and we're going to talk about my conversation with still right now with a particular member of the acmg facebook group who for some reason can't understand why this game was so successful and why everybody fled why every other company i should say fled the minute that this game announced its release date like if you guys recall last year there was a bunch of games that was going to come out in october in november and then all of a sudden god of war announced their release date and it was like everybody stood clear away from it one of them was forsaken and we now know why for a reason <laughs> but nonetheless there's a reason why certain you like you strategize the time of release you cannot just put out a a, a game unless your game is fully established and proven its worth over the years you're not going to be able to you know compete with certain games God of War has gained such a great establishment with gamers over the course of decades. And every, there, here's the thing. Even Ascension, which is, can be considered their weakest 
game that they release is still a great game. But there has not been a bad God of War game since the beginning. So it is safe to say that when you when Sony announces a new God of War game coming out, it's safe to say that people are more confident that this game is going to be awesome, that it's going to live up to its standards, that people like the feeling when you know a quality product is coming out, you have no worries. You're you have full trust with this company because over the years they've delivered every single time with this particular product. This is why I keep saying it, it, it matters what you do with your products. People, it's like when you gain the when you provide the quality, you gain the trust. And that is what Sony has done with their flagship, you know, game. This is their flagship game. This is the, Kratos is their Mario. OK, um, it has been proven over the years. So because that character has appeared in so many different other games and made other cameo appearances elsewhere. And, you know, every time the game hits, it sells tremendously. And this is no different. So I recently had a conversation with this with one of our members, you know, who we had this conversation. I, I believe I've mentioned this few episodes ago in regards to why is it important? Why it is important to provide marketing and why, you know, people fled when God of War was coming because they know Sony has the financial backing to provide a major, major budget campaign to promote this deal. Now, what he doesn't understand is that that help, that that plays a major factor because if you could get in, if you could get your eyes on more on, on the game more, that plays a factor. God of War commercials were airing virtually every single damn channel on cable everywhere on the internet. I went to New York, uh, uh but like right before the release of the game, uh, right about the time when, um, when I went to New York comic-con, not, to, not just recent, but when I went to New York comic-con, there were billboards in New York promoting this. Um, there were, and I think at Times Square, they were like, uh, bus, there were bus, uh, you know, posters promoting this game, led, like, you know, digital screen of it and, and promoting this game hard. Um, they paid, they spent millions on this campaign as if Kratos was running for president. Okay. You Elden Ring wasn't going to be able to do that. Elden much to as much as we love Bandai Namco, I think it's safe to say Bandai Namco does not have Sony money. They don't have Santa Monaco backing. Uh, they they I mean, Elden Ring did great without it, but it was not going to do what this did. And any game that, you know, in terms of advertising and promotion and hype, every every game that is was scheduled to come out during that time decided to flee because they knew they couldn't compete with it. And if they tried, they would get overshadowed by people wanting to buy God of War Ragnarok, which means they would lose profit and they don't want to do that. So what you do is you reschedule your date to a time when there's not that really competition or the competition is there. Is it, you know, doesn't have the power to handle what you're providing. And that's what happens. You got to strategize that because you're not, you'd be like, I'm sorry, but the, you know, the, the guy, you know, the uh, person who I was talking with, 
safe to say if he ran a company and you had to make the decision to advertise and you said and and, and, and he pretty much stated like i would have put it out there in the same time he doesn't understand the loss he would have had from that because nobody would have bought it people once you buy a game like god of war ragnarok or elden ring or something you're spending you're 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 investing in an enormous amount of time playing the game getting immersed with the story the characters all that stuff admiring the visuals all that you're getting into all of that so nobody's going to be thinking about buying your game because they're not going to just jump off a of god of war ragnarok and then immediately jump onto your game that's not how this works and i feel like he he, the, the ignorance of it and no, no disrespect but there is, i mean ig ignorance doesn't mean that you know it's not a form of insult it just it is it's a lack of information but the ignorance that he acquires about this situation it, it's it's like he lacks the understanding that I, I think i feel like if anybody was in like if you took a tour, if you took a class, you have a full understanding of how this works. You know, business course, a marketing course, stuff like that. You have a full understanding of how this stuff works, but th this is pretty much how it works. Like he, you would lose profit. You would lose a lot of money. You probably get fired because of the amount of money that you spent. If you're a CEO, you probably your the board of directors. If you're a publicly traded company, will probably vote you off because you made such a crazy crazy risk uh, decision as to bring your game out which does not have enough merit of establishment as god of war and think that you're going to be able to like first of all they have a companies have a quota as to how many units they want to sell as to how you know how many units they want to sell how many reviews they want to get for that and if they're not getting that it you're failed i mean like you have to be the quote it's not like you just bring a game out the game fails you move on to another game no they every company rely on every game to be their source and not every company is the same not like bandai namco has been around for a long time but they strategize to, to maintain you know longevity whereas sony first of all even before playstation sony was sony sony has been sony way before playstation and they make other things TVs, appliances, all that stuff. They, you know, the Walkman, them, CD player, them. Um, you know, they are the innovators of all that. And PlayStation was just an extra added, but it became something bigger than, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they imagined this to be what they wanted to be, but damn. <laughs> so for a company that hasn't been out as long as Nintendo, which, you know, for those who don't know, Nintendo's been around for 130 something years. Like, that's not even joking. Nintendo is the oldest freaking company of all in gaming history. And that's if you wonder why they've been around and still stay around for a long time. They've been around for a hundred and over 130 years. I have a pair of cards that I have in my in, in here and, and, and to commemorate them because that's the first thing that they actually bought. I mean, or made for Nintendo is these cards. Um, and then down the line, it became a gaming company and, and fully a gaming company, but they used to sell and create other things as well outside of that. Go do your research. Nintendo's history is ridiculously awesome. But for, you know, Sony to be able to compete with 
that and you know microsoft as well give give microsoft credit as well they've been hanging on for quite some time you know microsoft is the new sega <laughs> without a doubt they they are the recent sega but um you just gotta understand like these things happen and this is a result 11 million units that's why you flee away from god of war because <laughs> you knew this was going to happen and then on top of that it's not like you know i heard somebody joke and said oh, you know this game is overblown Elden ring was overblown nah the reality is it was not overblown these games were great i'm i i'm not particularly you know ache uh, you know uh aching to play Elden ring anytime soon but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on it i'm not gonna like I'm not going to like ignore the success that that game has had last year. It is hugely successful. God of War has also been hugely successful as well. And I will also give mention to um, Horizon, which I feel like Horizon uh, Forbidden West just it, it, it. The fact that it's getting snubbed a lot, it kind of kind of upsets me because that game was really, really good. And I think just because it came out at the beginning of the year, it's like our short attention society forgot about that game. And as a result, it just it, it was what it was. But, you know, this is exactly why I knew this was going to happen. It happens every single time with the God of War game. And if you've been under a rock, you should you didn't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious at this. And now this game has met a milestone of 11 million. So kudos to them. And um, dope. Awesome. And, and it's only February, for God's sake. It literally is February the 3rd as we are speaking right now. And this game came out in November. That's within a less than six months this thing sold 11 million that is extremely successful okay um not and people have the misconception that thinking like every game sells this many units it does not it does not you know the numbers the numbers are there i'm sure people can find it on google matter of fact it was a funny thing too because that same gentleman that uh, i was talking with he pretty much wanted to hit, see the numbers and i'm like dude you have a smartphone it's a google away and he then wanted to say like no until you show me i'm like no how about don't be lazy how about <laughs> don't be lazy and do it yourself you, the numbers out there you check how about if you want to prove me wrong show you go find the numbers and he just go went on to say like you know oh i can't i'm too tired for this i'm like but you're not tired enough to to come up with this conversation and debate but you're too tired to want to do the work this is this is why we aren't advancing people this is the hint of our society right now where only a few are able to succeed and persevere but then we get resent we we get hated and resented you know and um we get people to hate and resent us for the work that we put in for the for the assets that we obtain at day one you know, you want it, but you don't want to work for it. That's not how it works. <laughs> okay. Enough said. So kudos. Congratulations. Love this game. I really be really cool if they had a who have a side story or expansion to this. Um, the last game didn't have it. This game seems like it's not going to have it, but I would love to keep playing Atreus because he went away to do whatever he want to do so i don't know if that's a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the third game or are they doing a side mission that's coming expansion soon but nothing's been said yet i hope so because i would love to keep playing that game but eventually you know i'll go and play both of them at some point 
and enjoy it both, especially when the third comes out. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to Star Wars fans here. Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been delayed and it will not be out until April 28th. Now, that's not really bad. That's not bad at all. It's literally a little over a month. Um, it was supposed to come out a little bit sooner, but uh, EA posted an announcement on social media with a statement explaining to fans that the team of, at Respawn is working diligently to fix any bugs, any last minute bugs or um, bugs that are seen in the game and to help enhance performance, stability and overall enjoyment. EA allowed the development company a little more time to stabilize and polish the game. That's, I mean, April 28th is not a bad thing. I mean, we waited this long. Here's the thing. While we should never really, you know, bitch and moan about any games coming out and being delayed. I'd rather, and we, if we, I know we have a short attention society out here where we just forget things very quickly, but for God's sakes, if you don't remember the lessons that we needed to learn in 2020 when it came to Marvel Avengers in Cyberpunk 2077 is that patience is indeed a virtue. Allow these games to take its time to make sure that it's fully great, which is why I'm not complaining about AEW Fight Forever not coming out when we want to and rushing them. Kenny Omega smartly saw what happened in 2020. It was like, no, we're not doing this. We'll, we'll show what we can when we can, and the time is coming. And by the way, just a little side note for that. I was told by certain people that, um, I don't know to what end, cause I haven't been in GameStop in a while, but you know, somebody who knows somebody who works at GameStop are starting to put out jewel boxes with the, with, for, um, AEW, Oh, I'll fight forever. I don't know what that means. I, that could mean that an announcement may be coming soon because they're putting them out on display now. Um, I don't know if they're doing this in the midst of the WWE 2K, you know, announcement, which, you know, that game's about to come out in less than a month now. And um, and I saw War Games, by the way. It does look awesome. It does look awesome. So, you know, we will be checking that out for sure. And, uh, but we, it's cold. Cross your fingers. We may be getting an announcement for that, but again i you don't want to rush these process now granted i say this and then kingdom i think there's a time where i think things should come like all right take your time but damn don't take way too long i think kingdom hearts 3 has been the longest developed game uh, and that's not true it, square enix is known for doing this they will take their god-given time and literally but when they come out with games it is solid. There are no bugs. There's no issues with it. It is all good. King of Hearts 3 for me took forever. And when it came out, I wasn't as excited for it as I wanted to be because it took so long. With that said, Final Fantasy 15, I think took like a decade <laughs> for them to make. And it became the, I guess the template for, you know, Final Fantasy 7 remake and up in 16, that's going to be coming out soon. Um, so when that game came out it was tremendous final fantasy 15 is still among my favorite final fantasies um in terms of story and just playability and all that stuff it's just it, i i really love the game and the soundtrack and all that stuff really enjoyed um final fantasy 16. one of the first final fantasy 16s i actually completed by the way too probably mostly because it was more action based more than turn based 
but nonetheless it, it i just really enjoyed it and then remake came out shortly after you know they secretly was working on that and then announced it right about the time when they knew they can really say that so we don't have to wait forever and it came out you know within a good pace but when they come out when square enix brings it out it's very solid i i rarely see any of them having to patch up any of their games once their initial you know flagship games not the outside games like where the third parties are working at like um you know marvel avengers or whatnot or guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy was actually a pretty solid game as well so but these games you know you got to give them a chance you got to give them time let's not rush them i know the uh shareholders also tend to want to rush games i think that's a dumb idea if they really want to you know get some value with their investments you do not want them to rush i mean the same thing i mean this this is an age-old thing dating back to atari with et you do not rush people's progress because you want it to come out now and you and you just want money like if you're trying to rush a company to come out now all you're thinking about is the cash grab but you there's something else to think about too the legacy of that franchise the legacy of that game the quality of the company who pr who produces the develops so rushing a game doesn't just affect the financial outcome it also affects the you know the integrity of the company the developers all that stuff everybody get like dude 2k games in 2018 with wwe 2k and on a switch boy the, like we can say what we want now we're still playing 2k games but they are still not the best company ever to ever make a wrestling game they constantly have bugs in those games and by the way with this game coming out and i know ign and GameSpot and all those are getting their hands on i guess some you know some demo players uh whatever can can y'all please thoroughly review those games this time because last year when you reviewed those games y'all gave it high praise and lo and behold like later on you guys actually you know you guys then all of a sudden but you know gave this game high praise for low for a low bar which was all the other games prior to and then we play the game and we play the game thoroughly and deeply and, and, and I, you know i.e the universe mode come to find out the universe mode has a ton of bugs the creative suite has a ton of bugs but you gave this an eight some people gave it even a nine because they were so excited about i'm like there's vince mcmahon conning everybody again and this time in the form of 2k games you know 2k games practice the same ethics as wwe sometimes when it comes to stuff like this and then they have this way of responding to you know gamers and investors of their games in the worst way in terms of customer service can we not do this again can you guys thoroughly review this game this time i know when this game comes out myself and my man boris from um sunday night's main event we're we're going to be you know doing a special video review of that game when it comes out and we're not doing the whole thing we're doing it piece by piece because we don't want to we want to make sure that we give you the best thorough review of this and you can't do that with a game like wwe 2k because it's not just the wrestling you know mechanics it's 
not just a story mode. It's so many different things. They have so many different modes in the game that you can't overall get it because you can't put, you got to put a lot of time into it and to see if it actually works. Um, I hope that they tighten it up. I hope that they give it the time, but you know, this is an annual game and it tends to seem like that they rush things often instead of just waiting like two or three years to do it. Now, granted, they did do that because they didn't come out with a 2020 or 21, I believe, but they came out with 2020 and it was a disaster. And they waited a year, something like it to redo the entire engine and whatnot. It did come out okay, but still had suffered some of the same issues. So I don't mind when a company has to wait a little bit longer. And considering that it's only less to, a little over two months for uh respawn to you know tweak up anything that they'd have, I'm fine with that. I ain't more than fine with that. Like people shouldn't be complaining. People should not be complaining or other games to play. Even if you don't have anything new to play, you still got old games that you can play. You know, it's nothing wrong with playing and enjoying a game that you previously, you know, played and enjoyed. I go, I have my go back game list all the time. So you'll be fine. And on top of that, my biggest issue with, with uh, Jedi Survivor, that map, there needs to be a better map and a better way to na and, uh, navigate through these stages and these, um, you know, open zone areas, because that was my issue. And the reason why I didn't totally fully enjoy the, you know, first Jedi game that they made is because not it's not because of the story it's not because of the gameplay. All of those were phenomenal. It was the map. You you'll have yourself going around in circles because the map is so complex and convoluted at the same time where you just you're not sure where you're at you're not sure where you need to go they need to give us a i don't know what was their intention to the to that last time and i come to find out i wasn't the only one that would uh that didn't appreciate that but they have you just walking around just exploring things not knowing the destination or they give you the destination but then you look at this map and this map is like a 3d map and when you're trying to, you know, navigate around the map, trying to figure out where you're at and where you need to be, it's not the easiest thing to do. So hopefully they fix that. And if they fix that, I think this will be a much more enjoyable game because everything other than that was actually great about it. You know, the acting was phenomenal. The uh, gameplay was great. I just couldn't get through certain areas. And after a while, like after spending so much time, you know, navigating, and I think that's going to be one of the things I mentioned in the final stage, by the way. Um, so stay tuned for that. One of the biggest problems I had with the game was, you know, navigating through these stages and it, it's just, I, I would go off this game, come back on and maybe get through the stages again, but then I fall into the same situation. You know, it's okay to put in, you know, features that allow you to get through and get to point A to point B. You know, I think that's another reason why I didn't play Elden Ring because they didn't have a map on there and they wanted you to just explore everywhere. And even even though there is a destination and there is a story, they didn't care about the fact of you getting a point A to point B in a story. They just wanted you to get everywhere. And on the top of that, the difficulty level is just ridiculous. I hear. So I'm I'm just not into that. Like, I will get that game when it's like maybe 10 bucks, 15 bucks at best. I know it's a game of the year, but like, that's not my speed but I am intrigued as to why people have gotten into that. 
so down the line when it's going to major sale probably down in christmas or you know sometime you know later of that or if they have a game of the year edition or whatever like that maybe i'll jump on it but not anytime soon i i, I can't I, I it's it's nothing wrong with having a game that has a map i i, I don't understand this whole situation of that it, this be, tried to become a thing when elden ring came out and it immediately people just did not go for that and so games continue to have maps and navigations and stuff like that so thank goodness for that 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 wasn't a thing but you know april 28th stay tuned it is coming uh let's hope it it it, it lives up to the first or better it needs to it really needs to uh it just it, it's not an issue of graphics or you know a process of power or any of that it just has a lot to do with just making it an overall fun game easy to travel through challenging if one if if you if need be and by request and um enjoy the the whole experience as well with no bugs and glitches so um you know real quick i mentioned last week that uh trek to yumi which is a game that came out last year uh and it was an indie game that i i i'm pretty sure got way overlooked i didn't see this game get nominated for anything i don't understand why um trek to yumi is a side scrolling it is a side scrolling um actually partly side scrolling partly you know 3d roaming you know uh a, you know action game that was made uh to look like the old samurai you know the old samurai black and white movies cinema uh cinematic movies i feel like this game got overlooked badly like even on a switch this game looks awesome the visuals of this game looks fantastic the you know the play style looks great um i don't understand why this game it yeah it released in last year and i don't understand why this game got overlooked i had no issue with this game from start to finish this was awesome and again it's on a nintendo switch now so 1999 but i was just i i, I just finished completing that game and I was at all of the visuals, even for the Nintendo Switch, because I bought it on the um, PlayStation 5. And when I saw the trailer the first time, I'm like, yo, this looks awesome. It kind of, if you like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima and you like Unimusha, and if, you, if you're an old school guy who watched the old uh, what, uh, Samurai 7, you know, uh, movies from back in the day, that's what this is playing off. This is combining all of those together. And it's an incredible little uh, like indie game i think the game deserved a nomination i think it got it got snubbed hard really really snubbed hard i, I just i'm just at all as to why this game got snubbed if you have not played trek to yumi yet I'm, I'm begging you go check it out and for for 1999 that is a really good deal it's an insanely good deal like if you like sifu it's on the cuffs of i think it's on the cuffs of like that in terms of innovation and visuals it just is go ahead and go where you checked it out man it's a, it's a crime that that game got uh overlooked I, I i just don't get it i didn't that game did not get any game award nominations it didn't get um any acknowledgement in terms of like best games of 2022 even for me i know i'm i'm sorry i forgot about this game but i playing it again i was like wow this game is so dope they put a lot of work into this and the visual styles is so beautiful it is just it's, it's insane so you know, go out of here, let, let this be the, like, let this be the video games with CB4 was to cinema. Cause like people slept on CB4 and then all of a sudden 
you know, later on, like a year or two later, when it went out, came out on VHS, everybody started praising Chris Rock for this movie. And Chris Rock's career then blew up from that point on because of CB4. Because <laughs> people watch it on, in, in, on VHS, I guess, rather than the movies or whatever like that. CB4 is a classic. So should this one. Find out why and go check it out. So, all right. Going back on the Sony front, if you haven't seen it yet, go out of your way, check it out. Go to their play, um, their PlayStation uh, accounts on social media. It actually, you probably should see it now because they're airing it on uh, cable and TV right now. But they have a new campaign and it's called Live from PS5. It is absolutely fantastic. Like they spared no expense at this. This, is, this felt like, like a movie budget put on for 30 seconds <laughs> here. So it's a new commercial that shows a breaking news segment where strange events around the world have occurred in the form of current and future games. In San Francisco, I believe uh, Aloy from Horizon uh, is, you know, taking down Beast and they were, you know, they're doing breaking news reports there. New York, we also see Spider-Man and Miles uh, sighted in, uh, around the area and they take out a bunch of, you know, planes and everything. Uh, I love what you see, which is to promote Spider-Man 2, which is coming out later this year. Another game that when it comes out, it always comes out awesome. We already can they three-peat? I think they can. Uh, Insomniac is just no joke. <laughs> okay. Um, in another report, we see Kratos in a wintry area. I don't know if it's the Arctic or whatever like that. We also see what looks like Diablo in another sightings. You know, I have not played one Diablo game, and I actually asked the um, guy, the people at the ACMG Facebook group you know as to whether i should play it it's kind of a no-brainer thing but as to why it is so great and why i want to play it so you know they got the bundle out i may pick that up soon and check it out uh i do like you know isometric style games but you know the whole hell heaven thing is usually the angelic thing i'm usually not always into it depends on how it is but i'll go check it out because diablo 4 is coming out and uh i'm interested in seeing what the big deal is about with that I, yes i'm a late bloomer everybody's a late bloomer or something people so um you know this is an awesome awesome way and i i told i told people i'm like this is why playstation forever wins because they have the power and money the financial backing if you will to do stuff like this to get people excited and hype you know they do it so damn good it's so great with the amount of production value that they put onto these things this commercial was just everything and i love it and it's just it talk about shots fired to everybody nintendo microsoft and whoever the hell is going to try to come out with their own system y'all not messing with sony <laughs> maybe nintendo to some extent nintendo's always the sit back and chill type like do whatever you want i'm always going to be here type of deal but um sony is like dude i'm coming i'm i'm stomping on you i'm stomping on you <laughs> i'm not gonna go that far to say what but I'm, 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 I'm stumping a mud hole in you in 2023. And that was a big statement right there. Um, not only are they doing this commercial, but they are also doing physical promotions as well. Um, PlayStation continues the promotional campaign by placing a giant Leviathan axe from God of War in London, England, as a part of their live from PlayStation uh, camp, a PlayStation 5 campaign or PS5 campaign. Um, this is a literally a giant size sculpture, like a uh, statue, if you will, a sculpture, if you will, a replica, a giant size replica of the God of War. And it's made to look like it fell from the sky and that 
it hit the ground so there's like you know damage to, collateral damage to the ground or whatnot and it was made exactly to fit that ground area it was made exactly for that point so anybody who comes near that it's, it's a great photo opportunity for you to go i wish god i wish they i was there and i hope that something hits america um let alone in philadelphia no word as to whether the campaign will hit the states um it damn sure won't be in e, uh, e3 we gotta talk about that too uh that's that situation but um Last time we had a campaign like that, Nintendo was the last company to tour around the country with their promotion for Super Mario Odyssey, which was actually awesome too. So yeah, I look, they're making a major statement for 2023. They're making a comeback. What they're not making is an appearance on E3, as I mentioned, because Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo is not appearing in E3. Now, if you guys remember, E3, was acquired by repop repop those you know i you know friends of mine people i know people i work with uh you know new york comic-con keystone great uh emerald like you name it they they're into the deals they acquired e3 last year to try to in hopes to reestablish the you know the crumbling company and you know when we found out that repop was going to be doing this it actually brought excitement because repop in terms of promotion in terms of you know putting together great events that's what they're known for you know i i'm a witness to this i'm a witness to not only how great they put together events but how great their production is in, in the midst working with them so it, it really it really disappointed to see the fact that Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are opting out. I, I I think it could be for budgeting situations, but my God, like, I hate this idea that they have to do their own things. And they, I think it may be like it, it more be it may be more uh, effective for them to do it, like cost effective for them to do it on their own. And, you know, if they want to do their own showcases, that's fine. But I feel like it benefits them and it benefits us as fans to all be in one deal. I mean, that's why we love San Diego Comic-Con. That's what made San Diego Comic-Con so great because everybody's coming in together. But then now, you know, Marvel and DC wanted to distance themselves from San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con. Now they're seeing themselves coming back because you can't do your own thing all the time. Like trying to do your convention to do to promote your own stuff and then you know you're wearing us then in terms of money because i'm not trying to go to san diego comic-con and enjoy things there but then i have to go to d23 you know and and you know enjoy that stuff like let's be real nobody not many people have that budget for some Especially if you're like, if you've traveled to San Diego Comic Con, you're spending thousands of dollars to travel and get room and board. And then on top of that, food. And then on top of that, um, you know, money for, you know, cool swag and gifts and all this stuff and that you're getting from this. You're spending, I, you know, I've spent a lot of money going to San Diego Comic Con twice. Um, 
I spent a little bit on going to New York Comic Con, but not as much because I didn't have to travel far. Those plane tickets cost money, okay? Um, to cover those events. Regardless, even if you get bad, you know, media credentials or not, you still gotta pay for travel and all that stuff. So, you know, that alone, but you know, be somebody who is who doesn't have, you know, credentials or, you know, stuff like, like that stuff costs, man. Um, so when you leave a major event to try to make your own, you're wearing us thin financially. And you don't want to do that. That's why I'm really glad that Kevin Feige decided to bring Marvel back to Hall H and DC is also, you know, back there too. And, you know, I think they, they are still doing D3 23, but they had to realize that not many people are going to travel to Florida and go to San Diego. It's just not happening. And most of their fan base are the same thing. They're, they do have the same fan base and demographic that go to the both that would go to both of these things. Just it just can't, you know. And now E3 is suffering from this as well. I hope. I mean, June is a June is a few months away. I hope that they reconsider this, but I think it's just for the benefit of the fans that they do this. Otherwise, what the hell is E3 going to be without the entities? What is it going to be like an indie convention now? Because I mean, no disrespect to any indie conventions, but it's going to cost them way more than it would cost, you know, the other guys to be there. Like, I don't understand which, I mean, Sony micro, like Sony is the marquee of Sony is to E3 as Marvel is to San Diego comic-con. You cannot have a great San Diego comic-con without Marvel on at hall H and you can't really have a great E3 without Sony because Sony is like, when we think about E3, the past E3s in terms of the best E3s that we've ever had, most people date the E3 when they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake and the reaction that people got at that event. It was so huge. It was so huge that people got emotional and cried. It felt like CM Punk came back and uh, came back for, um, you know, the AEW. That's how emotional it got because people have been wanting it for so long. And you can get that same reaction out there, but getting that live experience, being there with other people, with thousands of other people. I told you guys on the, uh, on the uh, Talk Time Live Prime show when I came back from New York Comic Con, the reaction that I got when I was there with thousands of others and their empire stage at the Javits Center two, two times. When when the Super Mario panel, when we got to see the, the trailer for the first time, we got to see Miyamoto introduce everybody and acknowledge people live and people got so excited. And we got to see the trailer for the first time ever. And then the Bleach uh, panel, which we got the chance to see the very first episode of Bleach the Thousand Year War. For the first time before it ever got on to uh before the english version and before it actually got out to uh you know hulu we got a chance to see it and the excitement and hype and that people had in that there it's something that you can never forget i don't understand why those three entities don't want to get that excitement Bring the treehouse, bring bring the Nintendo treehouse back to E3. 
bring Sony back to E3 to get that excitement from the fans. Like, do nobody like competition anymore in this sense? I know it's probably cost effective. I know it's, you know, it it, it, it will help the budget if they don't go through the, you know, lifts to do it. But come on. What is the deal? Nobody's been able to tell us why all of a sudden these these guys have not wanted to work with E3 anymore. And I think that's just more discerning for fans is that we don't know why. Maybe if we had a little bit more understanding as to why, you know, this is happening because it just came out of the blues. Like all of a sudden Sony doesn't want to work with E3 and then Nintendo wasn't don't want to work with E3 and they're doing their own thing. And now Microsoft is doing the same. What did E3 do to hurt you three? That's what we want to know, you know, for those who don't know, who are those who are not in the know. Okay. That's what we want to know. And, um, hopefully we can, they can change that because if anybody that I know, if any company that I know that can really make a great show, it's e it's, it's repop repop can absolutely, you know, make it happen and make it exciting as it once was. I told after, you know, working with them and, you know, seeing what they do with New York comic-con and even saw what they did with, um, with Keystone when they were here in Philadelphia, when we first, when we first started, uh, working together, yo, that Tom Holland panel was insane. And it helped my overwatch panel <laughs> with myself and, and, um, Charlotte Chung and, and, and Fred Tatasher that dude, they, oh, it was, everything was just so dope about that. Okay. So like, I don't know, man. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with that and you know see what goes from there but this is not a good start this is not a good start for e3 at all this is not a good start for e3 at all hopefully we'll get more information as the uh time passes from there so all right let's talk our last thing i want to talk about is the deadpool dlc from marvel midnight sun something i was I, you know i really didn't want to get this but um i wanted to see what we were uh what to expect for when this comes out on the switch because it is still scheduled to come out on the switch i don't know when it's coming out but i think if i'm if i'm right i'm just guessing this i'm predicting this if you will they're probably gonna bring this out for the switch when they come out with all these dlcs because otherwise they would have came out with it already uh because i mean that's what normally happens uh, a lot of these um games that are on the you know the other consoles like you know microsoft and and nintendo i mean microsoft and playstation they often you know you know wait till all the dlc stuff comes out and then all of a sudden nintendo switch gets uh the game but they get it with everything so a lot of times the normal thing from nintendo is that when it when a game when a previously ported game comes out they and it has dlc we end up getting the whole entire package for one price. I don't mind that. And if that's the case, that's what it's going to be. I'm fine with that because Mar Marvel Midnight Suns is becoming one of my favorite Marvel games. You know, it, it may, it may possibly, I would have to look back at all the Marvel games that has come out and I may have to see where that ranks, but I, it's definitely ranking pretty high because of the presentation. Um, again, I didn't favor the, the graphics and, and the, you know, and the character models as much as I would other, you know, Marvel games. Like it doesn't compare to Insomniac by any stretch. Um, or I, I hate to say it, even um, Crystal Dynamics at this stage. But it's it's 
pretty good and pretty solid for the work for the most part and the gameplay is where it's their gameplay in the storytelling is where is the strong point of this uh, this game and it continues here with the dlc um so the story with this so i tried it out basically you know real quick i tried it out because i wanted to see what to expect when this hits the switch so it was like am i getting all of this or is it worth getting all this i'm here to tell you yes it is because uh, you know this was pretty awesome so the story here and it's a pretty good deep story i didn't expect this much coming from the dlc but it looks like each each new character that's coming out is going to come with a its own story element i think that it's going to connect it's going to be an episodic type of thing so the story here is that deadpool is hired by a powerful client from a land outside of the u.s to retrieve a relic artifact that was stolen from his castle if you're a marvel fan put two and two together D, uh, Deadpool seeks the help of the Midnight Suns to retrieve the item from Hydra and a supernatural threat that they are working alongside with. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. And, they, you know, Deadpool kind of keeps giving you hits on, you know, who this person, who the person that hired him to do what is doing here. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty interesting. And I didn't expect this DLC to be this deep and to require this type of a storytelling, if you will, but it did. And I have enjoyed it immensely. Um, I will definitely say this, that, um, you know what to expect from Deadpool. It is. And I believe Nolan North is reprising his role as Deadpool for this game. Uh, if you will, I, I could be wrong. I got to look at the IMDB, uh, list, the casting list to see, but it sounded like Nolan North because Nolan North played him more than once in the, in the in the standalone video game he played as him and i believe other i think he was also um voiced him on uh ultimate alliance as well and uh it may be one of the the animated uh series uh, specials too so i i really enjoy this story um i really enjoyed deadpool you know if you he did not disappoint he had a lot of fourth wall breaking moments in this game uh, working with Hunter as well, and Hunter's trying to figure him out through this whole entire process. I, I really enjoyed this. This game has gotten better, and of course, with the new DLC release, there was also some patch updates. So I, I, you could tell that the game is a little bit tighter than it was before. It graphically, it looks a little better, and they tweaked up the photo mode as well uh, the photo mode is a little bit more tweaked than before uh facial expressions poses all that stuff like they're giving me what i wanted to see on they, they they're giving me here with the photo mode here what i wanted to see them for uh for spoken and uh that part right there is cannot be unnoticed <laughs> in that part so you know kudos to them on that the price for the dlc is 14.99 now granted here's where i screw up at is because i paid for the the actual um separate dlc so in hindsight if i wanted to get the rest of the dlc i'm gonna have to pay more whereas if you i believe you spent if you did the whole bundle it's less than that but i i wasn't planning the reason why i said it before i wasn't planning on getting the entire thing because i didn't really want to play it on the on the i didn't really want to play it on the playstation 5 i really was going to play it on the nintendo switch because i wanted to play it on the go i wanted to get that on the go experience with the game but they at the last minute for some reason they decided not to announce 
the release for the switch and i guess they're still working on it and it's going to be out on a switch at a later date so i decided to go for it there just try it out just for it but i will tell you this yes you um you definitely are getting your money's worth with this dlc the whole game is great it is ranked among one of the uh most fun games of 2022 and possibly one of the one of the better games of the marvel lineup of games that we've seen over the years you know especially this new way of playing it with the car battle system and a tactical battle system so you if you haven't heard my review of that you could go back on the talk time live and uh check out my review my full review of uh, marvel midnight suns and uh check it out here but you know this is definitely a, a, a even more step up from the uh full game itself so go anyway check it out it's all a lot of fun folks that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back and when i do i am going to review sports story by sidebar games the follow-up to the beloved golf story but does it live up is it on par with the previous game we'll find out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review sports story which is developed by cyborg games developed and published i should say and it is a sports rpg game now this is a follow-up to the award-winning and nominated golf story which came out i believe in 2017 and was met with a lot of praise because of its innovation and storytelling and in in dialogue and whatnot um in, in, in its uh, variety of gameplay, if you will. This one is the same in a sense, but unfortunately, there is a few things that is stopping us from superseding the first. And it's sadly that I'm going to have to talk about this because, you know, this game came highly recommended by a lot of people, highly praised by many um, in the media. And then the second one came and it was supposed to come out a, quite a while ago. Um, and it was delayed multiple times. And then all of a sudden, this was softly released on the Nintendo eShop, like with no fanfare, no acknowledgement, no promotion, anything. It just put it out there, which really, that should have been a red flag for a lot of people right there. 
because I've been waiting and wanting to play this game for quite some time and anticipating it much like everybody who watched the um, Nintendo Direct series when they announced it. And then it just came out. It just came out. So, you know, we got it. We are, we've played it. And now we see why it was softly brought out. And this kind of exposed, this is kind of exposed sidebar games for what they end up doing with this game. And it was sadly, it's, you know, this game is sadly a shadow of what the former was in a lot of ways. But let's talk about this game and why it is not on par with it. And in fact, there's, there's going to be a lot of bogeys in this game. Um, I do, I will say this about the, the, one of the successful things that sidebar games has done with both golf story and sports story is that if you're not a golf fan and you don't understand how golf works, they make their, their, their mechanics, the, the, um, the golf mechanics and the simulation that they created for the game without even knowing how golf works as you play along you kind of you you'll start to understand how the how the rules of golf works because of how very user-friendly their their play mechanics is with the uh golf simulation and as you're playing along you put two and two together as to how the whole entire sport works and everything so you get an understanding what you have to do along the lines but they without them even explaining it to you it just happens that way i've played other golf games before in the past and i never understood the rules of it and they didn't really explain it as thoroughly for some reason this game you'll get it and understand it thoroughly and, and get the physics of it too with the when, when it comes to weather current situations and wind resistance and all this stuff and you know how you have to you know measure the height of how you you know use your, your golf clubs or whatnot and what golf clubs you should use like they do this without you even having to understand exactly how you do how you play the game so that is one of the big pluses about playing golf story and sports story to that end um but when it comes to the overall you know villas game it's a bit of a bit of a situation here so let's talk about the story real quick um this is a follow-up to the award-winning and nominated golf story even if they don't admit it now before i even continue with the story here i found it funny i gotta mention this that on their website they have uh an interview with what they consider a leading journalist um, and this is for their press kit section of the website. One of the questions asked, is this a sequel to golf story? And their reply is we like to think that it's a separate game that features the same characters and takes place shortly after the events of golf story. I believe that is what you call a sequel because a sequel is a follow-up to the previous events of another game. So why not just say, yes, this is a sequel, but we're going into different territories. I don't know. Maybe this is part of the reason why start, things started to, you know, crumble with this game in a sense. So the story, which involves some of the same main characters from the last, as they mentioned, despite the fact that they're just not saying it's a sequel, but the main characters competing in a new golf tournament in a island 
in a, in, dis, in a disclosed island that also plays multiple sports. While in this island, your characters investigate some shady acts by the corporation known as Pure Strike and a gang of sports criminals known as the Iron Dragons Yakuza. Each section of the territory that you that your character explores provides a storyline that also connects to the main plot and also consists of different sports that your character will have to uh, learn and master before you get to the tournament. So the core base of this story involves golf, but you do you do branch out into other sports genres because, you know, you're in this island that also, you know, governs and, and promotes other sporting events as well. So this is where you get an opportunity to enjoy other sports simulations that they put together, which for the most part, they are a lot of fun to do just as much fun as the golf. Um, the only problem I has that is you don't get enough time to enjoy those, you know, sports games because, you know, part of most of it, it is golf. And even still, like, even when you're not playing the actual story, there's a golf simulation that you could just play. If you just wanted to play the golf simulation is there. I have not rather unlocked it or they haven't released it. Other, you know, play modes to, you know, play the other games. But um, this is all we have for now. I don't know if they're working on expanding on this. Um, if not, because they did expand pretty much on this. Now, I don't know maybe if that they were just doing too much with this game that it didn't allow them to, you know, finish or they already had to rush this game out or whatever. Like they already waited, they worked on it too long and stuff because they're still patching this game up. They just recently released a patch um, just a couple days ago, you know, because there were some issues with it, but we'll talk about that, you know, nonetheless. So let's talk about originality. A hybrid game of two different game styles coming together to create a very fun, welcoming experience. Um, you know, if this was if this was golf story when it first came out this probably would have got a higher grade but this is pretty much what you expect from the original game um which kind of takes from inspiration from uh one of mario golf one of the earlier mario golf games as well this isn't that completely original in a sense but how they put it together does make it a little bit a lot more fun with the rpg elements as well sports story ups the ante by adding more golf uh, more than golf to play through you know, now you will have multiple sports challenges to play through with, you know, new quests to explore and areas to explore as well. Um, if you play Golf Story and enjoyed the story, you will get the same from them in terms of, you know, funny dialogue and in moments, although not as entertaining as the first game. I will say that uh, when it comes to graphics, you know, if you're this is a retro game. And if you, in terms of authenticity of, you know, experience, giving it, giving it the retro experience, I, I would grade this high on this note because, um, what makes sports story and golf stories so great is that the retro effect and nostalgia of the great NES, uh, SNES era, the super Nintendo or super Famicom era, if you will, despite its imperfections, the game looks great and the sprite animations flow greatly for the most part um the music the music is also great i've really enjoyed I, I, honestly i think the music may be the strongest part of this of, of the game i mean they use it, it look it sounds like that they're using actual really uh you know actual instruments um 
I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. Like it reminded me of what, you know, the type of um, music you hear from Game Chops, which is why I use a lot of Game Chops music for here. You know, not only because DJ Cutman is one of my, you know, coolest dudes, one of the coolest dudes I've ever known, but he also has a, you know, puts together some really awesome sounds uh, for, you know, video game tunes and whatnot. And this really has that Game Chops type of vibe to it. So I think this was probably the strongest part of this game. Uh, the music is just great. Look, uh, real instruments were used. This is not MIDI sound like you would expect from the, you know, they could have easily gone and used a MIDI sound and this MIDI sound could have still played and really did well. But, you know, they wanted the retro style, but also it sounds like they wanted to just give it a new game experience as well. You know, with the feel of uh, modern music uh, scores. So I dig it. Um, you know, Sports Story provides that. Uh, there is no voice acting in this one so you know the the music played you know kind of narration to it to it all so i, I really appreciated that the gameplay this is where it kind of gets iffy you know the simulation styles of golf story made it fun for those who may you know not be the biggest fans of you know golf as a sport while it also provides enough depth to make the game challenging but not too difficult as well but which makes it a lot of fun uh, but this time sidebar games adds more bang for your buck this time around with you know more sports simulations you know giving it the same type of vibe that you would get from in mechanics that you kind of get with the original golf uh you know simulation now you have tennis you have cricket you have baseball bmx volleyball and soccer um to play and venture through and for the most part they are fun while i enjoyed many of the sports sims uh, there were some things that suffered in terms, you know, because of the bugs in the game, which I believe they kind of patched up. I got to play it again thoroughly to, to see, but there were some issues. I had some issues in certain deals so much to the point that I had to re I had to shut down the game and replay and restart it up again. That's something that never happened in the first game. And I don't know what they went through. It, it, it sucks whatever they went through and i know it's not an easy thing for these indie companies to do and people don't understand like indie companies are very low budget they usually have less than 10 people some of them have five some of them some games have one and they're not being backed by you know major companies like that um i guess this is probably the question of why tribute games did not get nominated for best indie game because of that because like regardless of what they say having nickelodeon behind them it's going to be questionable and i think it was questionable for everybody else and i think that's why they probably even if they submitted their game for indie game people looked at that was like no you got too much going on here in terms of it like it would be it wouldn't be fair have nickelodeon is a really it, it's a major company you know so and you're using a major franchise you're getting you're, you're using a major license like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to, you know, make it. So I, I don't know if you can really consider it an indie game. You're an indie developer company, but now you're under the umbrella of a major company. So I think people may have possibly looked into that and was like, yeah. But in this case, like most indie games I play and most indie, you know, um, companies that I have interviewed, like Super Giant Games, who was backed by nobody, but they end up making Hades <laughs> for God's sakes. Um, you know, those guys are backed by people, you know, they, they have at least minimum 10 to 
five to one uh, person, as I mentioned, so, or three. Um, and yeah, it, it's 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 hard sometimes. Like um, I had I had Mike Herman from Retro uh, Retro uh, Soft Games who did Retro Mania Wrestling, and the stuff that he had to go through to get this game to, to get that game to come out was amazing. And and then you know to try to get it approved by Nintendo was also a major thing too because Sony, Steam, and Xbox have all different and, and Nintendo have all different qualifications to get approved to for their games to be on to be in their uh their their store platforms or their marketplace platforms nintendo has a very high qualification to in order for them in order for you to uh get your game approved on their platform to be sold and i'm sure they had to go through the situation with that so it's uh it's it's an interesting situation here but they did suffer some bugs and glitches and they are patching it up as we as they go along so it's kind of like i don't want to say it's a rush because this game has been delayed so many times it they just dealt with what they could and brought it out and it just probably said we're gonna tweak it as we go along in here so the problem is is like sometimes first imp it's not even sometimes a lot of times i don't even let me stop saying a lot of times first impressions matter and when the first impression comes and it doesn't live up to which you're like imagine if god of war we just talked about this in the last segment with god of war the reason why we love god of war for so many years is because every time santa monaco games will produce these games from the very first god of war it's been nothing but phenomenal it's been nothing but top notch we've never had to experience any extreme situations as bugs and glitches to the game that messes up our experience so in kratos we trust because whenever Kratos is being seen anywhere, it is nothing short of top quality. Imagine if we saw a God of War happen the way that this game happened. And it just been rushed. Or like what it did with Marvel, you know, um, Marvel Avengers or, or Cyberpunk when it first came out. Do you know how how much money God of War would, would have lost? They would not have made 11 million units. They would have not made this milestone if they even remotely came out with a glitch or bug. It would have stopped their process. They would have lost millions if anything would have gone bad. And, it, you know, yes, they are a major budgeted company. But at the end of the day, they are. There's a lot of multi-million dollar developers out there, but not all of them do as good as what Santa Monica or, Play, or PlayStation Studios do. They don't come out with quality games like that. And it's that extra attention to detail that really plays a factor in there. It's not just the fact that uh, there are games that have been phenomenal that have come out that have not been that have not had that budget like Sony did. Um, let me let me let me put it like this: Nintendo came out with Breath of the Wild, which is in terms of graphics is nowhere near as powerful. In terms of graphics, it doesn't have that graphic processing power that god of war or, or for horizon has or spider-man insomniac has but they work within their means to come out with an awesome experience game i can name a whole bunch of other indie games that have also come out hades <laughs> okay super giant games came out with hades and that game was one of the games of the years it, it was like it, it won a lot of awards because of it and they were backed by an indie company and it, they, that game was absolutely damn near flawless okay um so it 
budget doesn't matter attention to detail does and this is unfortunately one of those situations that it had here where there were bugs and glitches in the process and it really ruined i don't want to say ruined but it it, it uh diminished the experience that some had in here and yes it'll be played by the lot down the line it'll be improved on but by the time it'll be improved on we'd already moved on to another game that's just the reality of it these games come out so rapidly and some major games are already on the rise and in people's um list and when those games come out you know it's going to be a while before we come back to the other game and the only thing the, the problem is all we're going to remember from that last game is our experience that's that's what that's what it's going to come up come uh out to right there so you know um it was just really disappointing to say the least you know with that my other issue comes with a selection of golf balls that uh that they uh that changes your direction and distance of the game some balls include skimmer balls which you know bounces in water vector ball um redirects towards the hole of the on the first bounce the still ball which ignores wind resistance and has a shorter distance crazy ball which you know extra distance but less accurate you know so in other words if you use that ball it'll go the length that you needed to but it won't go to exact direct so it's like a gamble it's a risk why would i want to use that ball <laughs> you know wh wh where's the where's the dynamic to using that ball to the point that's going to win go for my benefit and then there's the honey ball which reduces the bounce like if you wanted to land in a certain part the honey ball is absolutely with the exception of the standard ball that you use and the honey ball which seems to everything every other ball seems to provide a disadvantage than an advantage so it's like why did i, I beat the game i i completed the game without even using most of those balls because it's like it like if i want to get a birdie or a hole in one chances are i won't use any of those chances are my best bet to get a birdie at best to land on the green and for what is to possibly use a honey ball or to measure and, and, and measure determining my distance as to where I want that ball to hit on a green. And I use the regular ball, I would get birdies or I would get hole in ones. I would use honey ball, it would land in the area that I wanted to land. All those other ones were just, it, it, there was no point of using it. So I, I don't know what was the point of those balls. They're like they, those balls need to be tweaked to really actually be an advantage for you rather than, rather than being uh, opposition. Um, when it comes to just the fun factor, I really did enjoy this game, you know, when I finished it overall, but I would have enjoyed it more if they provided a few more features such as a map. I mean, they did have an outside map, but like a map that will guide you to the next from the next part of the quest. Again, we talked about this with in the last segment with um, with Jedi, with the Jedi series that EA's come uh, that, um, making and um, Elden Rings and all that stuff like just a map would not help uh, would help the situation i mean i also found the quest objectives to be way too vague when it came to uh when it came, when the times that i found myself going in circles trying to figure out where to go and what to do and to advance to the next part of the story like i really had to go into youtube for that note and then some of the youtube clips that i had were still had people not exactly they didn't rather edit the deal it was just like i guess it was live live um them doing live streaming so 
I found that they were also confused to some extent, like to the point. Some of the dialogue in the game was entertaining, but nothing, you know, that really wowed me. I all I, I enjoyed most of the part of the sports simulation with the exception of the BMX portion, which kind of gives you the Excitebike vibes, but then becomes a bit of a turnoff in some of the mini game versions of it, because especially when they're timed and stuff like that. So when it turns to the replay value of this, Cyborg game seems to lower the bar of excitement and anticipation uh, expectation for this latest installment here. Like while there are many parts of the game that is fun, it is hard to get past the blemishes and missing factors that would have made this game a, a more solid experience to me. Perhaps a few patch updates like the one that just had and, and some more additional things will help fill the gaps of this. But like if you're playing this game day one, you're going to be disappointed and it just it just came off like they rushed it or they just phoned it in and that's just it whether that is true or not that's just the way we feel and you can't help the way we feel because that's what you presented to us in this case so sports story is an unfortunate fall from grace from the first game and that is just that is just a fact unfortunate um the story and it by the way like i said there were no actor performances so i'm not grading it based on that at all um the story itself just was not it did not intrigue me one bit to be honest um part of the plot felt like it was trying to obtain the pokemon formula but to me it just fell flat and at times i just wasn't invested in it completely so you know this is it i mean overall this game was just a you know major disappointment to that factor um let's go back up to see what i would grade everything here from this point originality gets a 70 70 percentile um graphics gets a 90 because it did capture the um the super nes style of gameplay and it looks it look the visually it looks beautiful for a retro game uh sound of music i think was the best so i gave that a hundred for sound of music gameplay was a 70 because of the glitches and bugs and everything and the bmx you know factor of it the fun factor because of that gave it a 75% as well. Um, the replay value also gets a 75% with the story get, getting a grade of 60, all leading up to a grade of D plus. So it's very unfortunate. If you played the original golf story, you just may want to stick to that, um, at least for a while, maybe everything will be patched up within a month or next few months uh this year and hopefully they'll maybe add some more elements to make this game a little bit more fun but um this is a shadow of what this game has come if you turn if you you know tell me you know how they did with you know in in this deal this their score has a lot of bogeys in there um and in fact after playing this game i feel like this game needed to retire and you know pun aside it's sad because i really enjoyed the first game um i wanted the second game to be great because they added so much more to it and you thought that they were but yeah i gotta agree with the other reviews this thing gets a this this game sadly gets a d plus and i rarely get d pluses to games if you look at my other game my previous past games before i barely give d uh d's or d pluses there you know it gets a plus just because of the, the music alone but that's pretty much it so um 
I would wait till this game goes on sale if you're even remotely intrigued as to whether you know to check this game out because you like the first one but nonetheless get the first one it's just more enjoyable it's more of a solid game maybe they were doing too much I don't know and it just didn't work out for them but it's, this is unfortunate hopefully it'll you know you know makes a another successful game ahead of this but unfortunately this is what it is so folks that will do it for this edition of select start thank you guys so very much as always for supporting for checking out for downloading for subscribing to my platform to the show to the series uh that we call talk time live this sunday i am going to talk about the second season of vox machina which is available on uh prime video right now and uh get the follow-up on that and whatever else we got there is a lot of things to talk about james gunn just released his battle plan for dc studios and we'll talk about that we'll talk about all the other news that's going on in the world of our favorite fandoms as well but for now if you want to check out this episode and all of our episode if you really like this episode and all of our episodes why not go to the official website of the podcast and that is talktimelive.com where you can easily find all of our audio episodes and video exclusives there, as well as a lot of media content with panels that I've done with Repop and some other blog entries and stuff like that, that I did other content that I worked on. And there's more to come fan expos coming. They have had a lot new uh, announcements to come and we'll talk about that this Sunday as well, but uh, I will be there definitely because I know people, especially that is going to be there so stay tuned for that i am very much looking forward to that as well and um let's keep it going and keep it growing people if you are one who subscribes and download to podcast platforms you can subscribe and download wherever podcasts are played including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pocket cast Podbean, and uh well, i mentioned Podbean already um and that's tumblr as well you can go to Tumblr, go into the search engine, type in Talk Time Live. You'll find us there. You can listen as well. So, guys, thank you again. And uh, stay tuned for this Sunday. And uh, we'll keep it going from there. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great and safe week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.